Listener Production. Wall Street vaults higher as investors set aside recession concerns. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Wednesday ahead of the release of key inflation data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 28th of June. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, what a night it was on Wall Street. Investors piled back into technology shares, Tom. They did. In a big way. It's quite interesting the way that US stocks in particular have performed over the course of the last two weeks, for example. So from the recent highs that we've seen in the last 10 days, the S&P 500, for example, has pulled back by as much as 3%, not quite that much, but you know it had a bit of a breather. There were a few stumbles. The uh, geopolitical thing could have been a fig leaf to explain away some of the investor caution we're heading into the end of a month and a quarter and a half year period. There are any number of excuses available. But last night, buyers, as you say, piled back in and arguably the catalyst for that was the better than expected economic news that we saw. Indeed, a flurry of data showed surprising strength in several corners of the US economy, painting a picture of resilience and further delaying the likelihood of recession, Tom. So importantly in that regard, and it's uh, interesting that there's a commonality between the US and Australia in that regard, that the housing market appears to have uh, not only stabilised, but it is recovering. Jay Powell must have like coughed up his Fruit Loops when he saw that uh, number. He'd think, oh God, what do you have to do? Indeed, we have seen a rebound in housing demand in the US despite higher mortgage rates, and that suggests the economy and also homeowners are so far withstanding higher borrowing costs. Purchases of new single-family homes increased 12.2% to an annualised 763,000 pace last month, Tom. Which takes it to the highest levels in about a year for that measure. So in a time where you have seen Jay Powell out with, like, have you seen, like, um, you know, children's birthday parties in, in Mexico? They're usually fairly lavish, aren't they? Well, they give them a broomstick and they, you know, get a piñata and like these little kids will just wallop away at, you know, thin air until they make contact with the piñata. And it's a good day because all those lollies come out. Jay Powell, like he's been swinging away with the, uh, <laughs> with the uh, interest rate bat. Yet here you have the housing market recovering to the extent that it has. Ryan, is that a concerning sign? Well, what it does suggest is that there is some resilience, particularly with the labour market. So while people have jobs, unemployment is low, they can afford to repay their borrowing costs and their mortgages. And at the same time around the world, we have seen pretty strong population growth feeding into housing demand, a supply shortage as well. So there's a myriad of factors involved in the resurgence in home prices and, and the housing market in general. So I suppose that is why so often... You know, when you hear a conversation with central bankers and it gets a little more granular, you will hear them talk about their willingness to sacrifice the employment situation uh, because that will be a key lever in just getting under the skin of inflation and things like you know home price improvements. That becomes quite a dangerous circle, doesn't it? It does. So the Labor market around the world remains very strong at the moment. Unemployment is broadly around 50-year lows. And what the central banks need to see, perhaps, is slightly higher unemployment. It sounds perverse, but that would take some steam out of the economy. Also, wages growth is being problematic from an inflationary perspective as well. Indeed. So just to 
I reflect on what happened with U.S. stocks last night. The Dow Jones, the more narrowly focused index, up 0.6%. The broader market, the S&P 500, started at its lows, finished at its highs. And it's just now around that level where it sort of uh, took a dip in the middle of last week. So up by 1.2%. And technology stocks were the ones that stood out the most. The NASDAQ was up by 1.7%. And what made that more interesting was the fact that because of the better than expected news that we saw, not only for new home sales, but uh, factory activity, durable goods orders were stronger than expected. Uh, we saw a two-year treasury note finish at 4.76. So that's up by nine basis points. In interest rate land, that is a pretty solid move for a, a bond yield. Uh, a 10-year government bond up by about five basis points to 3.77%. So normally that would be a little bit of a headwind for technology stocks, but not last night, Ryan. No. And the key thing with the US Treasury market last night is that we're now seeing a 77% chance of a 25 basis point rate hike at the July meeting. So the stronger than expected economic data really does point to the resilience in the US economy and the fact the US central bank has more work to do. And I suppose when you look at the performance of, again, the broader US equity market, what stood out was that investors piled into the sectors that are con well, are likely to flourish when the economy is doing a little better. So airline stocks did quite well. Household durable goods did well. Real estate, construction materials, uh, they were all at the forefront of the improvements for the US market. So, you know, it's interesting from time to time, Ryan, you just get the sense that, you know, this market has gotten through a lot and then you see this type of wellspring uh, of positivity. Absolutely. And... What you mentioned really is the fact that we did see not only growth and tech stocks lifting last night, but cyclicals and industrials also improved. So that was a broad-based rally. We saw the main housing index hit an all-time high on Tuesday after that housing data. So broadly, the central bank has a lot more work to do. So that'll be interesting to see how investors digest that into the half-year end and quarter-year end. Of course, the NASDAQ is eyeing its best first half performance in 40 years, Tom. Let's just reflect on the European markets briefly. They were firmer, but not nearly to the same extent as their US counterparts. The UK market was just in positive territory. The French market was up by around 0.4 of a percent. The German market up by around 0.2 of a percent. It's summer in Europe, of course, as it is in the Northern Hemisphere, but the Europeans are quite fond of a getaway and uh, central bankers have been gathering in the Portuguese city or town. Sintra. Sintra. I've been there. It's a beautiful place. Have I you? think it might be a UNESCO heritage listed town. It's got beautiful coloured buildings. It's on a hill. And it's very enticing. Impeccably researched as always. Yes. So uh, Madame Lagarde at the forefront of the conversation last night talking about the need to keep raising rates. That was arguably part of the reason why European stocks were a little more contained. That's right. We did see certainly some tensions there between the comments from Madame Lagarde. So her hawkish comments really did weigh particularly on the European share markets. But at the same time, we did see some of those Chinese-related stocks, the luxury items, yep. perform particularly well after Chinese Premier Li Xiang said the country's economic growth in the second quarter would be higher than the first and was expected to reach the annual economic growth target of around 5%.
let's not get into the weeds of this, but um, the People's Bank of China yesterday tried to address the falling yuan and they fixed the currency substantially higher than uh, where most were expecting it. So they are quite mobilized in relation to you know, doing more to support the economy, but not the way they have done historically in terms of uh, using a sledgehammer. They're tending to use a scalpel more at the moment. Well, very much so. So the focus will be on targeted measures, particularly on consumers. It'll still be fairly moderate and modest in terms of stimulus. But of course, we did get some excitable reactions from share markets, but also we did see in the commodity space a bit of an improvement there. So we did see copper futures edge lower slightly by 0.1% on those signals. But of course, investors, particularly in the commodity space, remain concerned about slower economic growth and rising interest rates in the West. So what was um, I found interesting last night, you know, with that wellspring of optimism, oil wasn't necessarily, you know, rocking and rolling. You would think that it may have perhaps responded a little more uh, enthusiastically. You would have thought so, but I think at the end of the day, demand is the critical thing at the moment. Central banks are trying to push back on demand from consumers and that means higher interest rates and slower economic growth and, of course, less crude demand. Indeed. Yes, well, last night I I did wake up hoping to hear from Madame Lagarde, but she obviously has uh, far more civilised hours and I had to go to sleep. I had to satisfy myself with hearing comments from the Latvian uh, governor of the central bank, um, who was pretty hawkish. Uh, but interestingly, uh, Ryan, Bernard Arnault, the head of LVMH, another French states person, is visiting China at the moment. The world's richest man or yeah. close to? Yeah. And what Minted, he have- as the kids say. And what did he have to say for himself? Oh, look, he's just doing the rounds, just pressing the flesh with the, um, the kids in the stores, probably just um, saying, well done, thanks for your help. Nothing to emanate yet. But it'll be interesting to see if something does. Absolutely. What a sight that would be to see Xi Jinping with Bernard Arnault. Well, she may be carrying a Louis Vuitton man bag, perhaps. <laughs> that's a bit That would probably that's, counter the that's propaganda a bit of the Chinese Communist Party. But I, don't, I don't know if that's anywho, the way she rolls. We digress. We do. Let's keep on track. So locally, big day. We've got the inflation figures, monthly ones. Don't carry as much weight as the quarterly ones, but still anything that gives us a sense of what is happening with inflation at present is valuable information. Absolutely. So the forecast is for inflation over the year to May to decelerate to 6.1% from April 6.8%. We're expecting to see rents, new dwelling, purchase costs and electricity accelerate further in May. Housing is expected to remain a key contributor to headline inflation But, of course, the big focus will be on services-related inflationary items and restaurant and takeaway meals continue to lift, as will food inflation. But there will be a large drop in petrol prices and also travel and accommodation and airfare prices, which will weigh on the monthly number, Tom. So the key thing from a Reserve Bank perspective will be that if we see a number perhaps with a five-handle that may throw the, the cat amongst the pigeons as far as a rate hike in July is concerned... We think that they're still likely to increase interest rates in July. There were 67,000 jobs added in the month of May. Extraordinarily strong yeah. labour market still with the unemployment rate at just 3.6%. I find it interesting that given particularly those labour force figures that the pricing, the market's pricing at the moment in relation to a rate hike next month is only one in four. Um, so the bar would 
be pretty low for that to change. So anything north of 6.2 in that 6.3 range, Ryan, is that enough? I think, the, I think the market's undercooking it a little bit in terms so of that So do I. I think the run of economic data has been fairly weak to, to modest for Australia. Of course, the labour market is a bit of an outlier there. We get retail spending data tomorrow, tomorrow which will be, be interesting. Gauge, That's yeah. expected to contract or decline. But we think that this number, north of 6%, will mean the Reserve Bank has more work to do. Indeed. So uh, tomorrow, of course, retail sales numbers. We'll chat about that then. Uh, the pricing for an August rate hike is a little more robust, so that's like a 50-50 chance. So, look, I think it is largely a, a, a line ball at the moment. It could be 50-50 uh, next month as well. Uh, so, today, fascinating day. If you're really interested, 11.30 uh, rather than having to wait for the evening news. So, uh, tune into that. Absolutely. Anything and else on your mind, Ryan? Well, just in terms of the commodity markets, Tom, you've mentioned the oil price down 2.4% to 67.70 US dollars a barrel. Gold futures eased by $10 to 1923.80 US dollars an ounce. Iron ore futures were supported by that by that stimulus talk in China, up by 14 cents to 112.60 US dollars a tonne. And the Aussie dollar eased from 67.19 US cents to 66.77 US cents. It's currently near 66.85 US cents. So a fascinating day looms, uh, as is always the case when you see key economic news like inflation figures. So uh, have a lovely morning. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please uh, be sure to tune in to Laura and Craig this afternoon. Have a wonderful Wednesday. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.